They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down Hey, what is up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby and you're now listening to or watching The Powercast. And today we are recapping Power Season 3, Episode 7. The title of the episode was Deal or No Deal. And I am joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr., a.k.a. Western Holdings Investor. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? Uh, I, I hope you're uh, you you're keeping track of the Western Holdings books because I think there's some shady things going on. Well, actually, yeah. I'm very disappointed in Western Holdings, and I will be having a lawsuit in the future because I don't know what the hell happened to all my money. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you better uh, you might want to go work for RSJ or something after they mess up your money. But um, yeah. <laughs> We are also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie, aka Clarence. How are you doing, Dana? I have some real good parents. Two parent home. Apparently, they're white. I'm adopted, equestrian. You know, so I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm living the life. I'm partying with Trump, apparently. Uh, so, so you have a hidden history then, you know, you have a hidden past and background that, that got exposed. Okay. It did, it, it. It, it did. I'm hiding from that. You know, my name is uh, uh, now Dana, brother, sister, Dana Abercrombie of the blackness of the universe. But yes, I, I was originally Clarence. Uh, in, in all seriousness, though, I, I've been seeing your uh, social media and, you know, I saw that you was unwell and stuff. You had stuff going on. So I hope you, you're feeling good today. I'm alive. You're doing okay now. That's what I can give you. Just got out the ICU. I'm alive. Good, good. Good, good. You got to stay healthy. You got to keep healthy so we can watch more power. You know, it's a great show. We, we need to watch more power. So So definitely stay healthy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, interesting episode we saw today, of course, um, we have, uh, we have some thoughts, you know, some thoughts, some critiques, some good things and bad things to say about the show. Um, and you know, that, that, that's what this show is all about. We speak our minds, we say what we like, we say what we don't like. I know some people, um, feel like we're too negative about the show, but you know, we're just, you know, we're just being honest. Like no show is like 100% good. Like, you know even the best shows have their flaws. Like, you know, we're just playing th- these things out, but it's no disrespect and no hate to the team behind power or anything like that. It's just, you know, we, as we're just speaking our mind, we're just critiquing the show and highlighting what's good. What's, what's not according to us, this is our own perspective, you know, and that's why we, uh, we, we also encourage you all to leave your comments and let us know your perspective and leave your thoughts and interact with the show and everything so that you can add your own perspective. So, you know, I challenge some of you, you know, who uh, who have a problem with what we say, I challenge you to actually leave a comment and say what you enjoyed about the episode, like, you know, and, and you don't have to say what you didn't like, but just, you know, let us know what you enjoyed about it and why you think, you know, uh, we are wrong, you know, just be, 
just explain a little bit more, you know? So um, that, that's, that's what it's all about, having that dialogue. So um, this is my uh, weekly prompt to you guys, you know, leave your comments, let us know what you think um, about our takeaways, our thoughts, or anything about the power universe in general. Leave your comments um, and hit the like button also if you enjoy listening to the content. And subscribe to the channel and hit the bell and uh, look out for some of the other content we have, you know, on the entertainment channel and the gaming channel and this main channel. Um, And we are, you know, going to be cooking up some new stuff uh, because, you know, Snowfall just ended. So there's no more Snowfall Aftermath. So we're going to look into like some other things that we're going to cover soon. And there's some big movies coming out, you know, in the next few months. So look out for some more reviews and recaps and things like that. Um, But yeah, let's get right into our takeaways segment now, uh, where we each kind of give our own perspective of this episode and what stood out to us and what we think based on the events. Um, So uh, Dana, did did you want to go first this time or or is Richard going? Okay. Okay. So yeah, so Dana is going to go first with her takeaway. So let us know your thoughts, Dana. Okay, so one of the big things with this episode, it started with, it was the conversation in the classroom about fair wage and how, you know, both labor fair wage and how it's used to weaponize against us. Um, We have, for example, parents managing their kids' career in order for the benefit of their own, which you could highlight and say, that is Monet. She is sitting around there with her pot in everyone's hands and as Kane has pointed out manipulated certain situations in order for her to gain control you can really argue that she confessed as to why she killed Lorenzo and that was because he pushed her out of the business after she ran it you could say successfully for so many years without him and with him coming back you know, she viewed that as, as a threat. And in order to eliminate that threat, she had to get rid of Lorenzo. And as a way of doing that, she had to manipulate a lot of other people in order for that to happen. She manipulated Kane. She obviously manipulated Gordo. And so dealing with the consequences of those actions and whether or not that elimination was is it going to come back to to one haunt her, which we do know from the previous episode, the ghost of Lorenzo is hanging on the wall somewhere saying, ah, they're going to catch you. Um, but also with how much control she is trying to get in her in her life and to get that back. And I thought that that was an interesting comparison. Also, on top of that, in order for a lot of these characters, such as Diana, who was in a situation where she was not, as we all know, also monetary-wise, she was being undercut because of um, Salim, Asala Salikam, but also how that was a threat to her and her livelihood because of the information that he had on her in regards of the candy store. Now, we'll get back into Salim because I wanted to get into that deeper, but I thought that that was a really interesting way of how they, you could say, brought together the whole Monet situation because she not only manipulated um, her children, but she also had to manipulate Kai 
in order to take the fall. Well, Kai didn't take, she set up Kai in a way so that it looked like him and Gordo were the ones who murdered um, Lorenzo. And so I thought that that was really interesting, but I wondered the more she digs herself into that hole and the more she thinks that door is closed, because remember, Kane really knows what's going on. So I wonder how this is going to be used against her so that Kane now has leverage against his mother again, because he always had leverage because he always knew. But how is this going to be even more impactful and going to work more successfully in Kane's benefit? Now, going with uh, Clarence Salim right now, I thought that this was a very, uh, it was interesting with his character in terms of, I think that we always knew what Salim's real deal was. I already stated last episode. Sorry, last episode that, you know, he's the kind of guy who seemed to have fake this uh, brother man solidarity um, facade. In and sorry, I have the hiccups in order to hide his true past. And we got that this episode. Um, we got to know who the real Selene is and that Selene was basically Trevor Nelson. Sorry, Trevor Nelson. Um, he has a trust fund. He was adopted by white Trump supporters. Um, sorry. Um, he's also from Silver Spring, Maryland. I thought it would have been a little bit better if they made it to Potomac. Just because you, to Potomac is, is, is a much richer class in terms of money. And I know you guys are thinking of the reality show. Forget the reality show. Just in economics, it's a much higher bracket. But we're going to go with Silver Springs, Maryland. Okay, there's nothing wrong with Silver Springs, Maryland, which is why I thought they would have at least went to Potomac. Oh, sorry, Potomac. But he lived a very privileged life, and he has a trust fund, which was really interesting because I was wondering how he hid um, basically the the money from – did he hide the money from, from the school? Because I, I was just because it, my understanding is that's a student job. And so I don't know. Um, just really interesting with that. But what was really interesting going back a little bit with the character was when he came out there and he did that corny poetry, um, that spoken word poetry. And he had that rose just like, except this rose. And, and it was so incredibly bad. But it also shined a light on his true character, which is we, we got the, the toxicity, but he's very manip manipulative and he's abusive. Now, abuse is more than just the physical. Um, this was, I felt, a bit of an emotional abuse because what he said after he did that very corny uh, line was um, I expect you to respect me for putting my heart on the stage for you. So you see what he's doing is by placing everything on Diana, you, 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 in terms of I did this for you, even though Diana did not ask for this at all. And it's not just, hey, I did this for you, but also you're supposed to reciprocate what I want. 
just because I did this action. So to me, that was very abusive. And then he went and proceeded with, oh, well, you've been screwing with Tariq. And then just to say, oh, that's just the kind of man that you like, old drug dealer. And I was like, you could see the multiple sides of Clarence. And I did not like that whole thing of what was going on. And then the fact that Diana went and said, hey, I know your true identity. He brushed it off. And then he he kind of said, okay, I'll give in to your demands. So to me, that shift told me that something was wrong, that he was just placating her. And then we got into the, the very ending, which was, what was it, the DEA, basically, picking her up for the drugs in the school, which was a bit much, but we're going to just be over the top overall. Um, so that was really interesting there. Um, another thing is, obviously, the whole Ponzi scheme, I felt that it could have been revealed a bit more dramatic. It was just more of a matter of fact. He came to his uncle and was like, look, this is what I'm discovering. At least at least, let us play along a little bit. Instead, he was like, oh, you solved it. It's a Ponzi scheme. And then he just monologued. Um, I felt overall that this was a lot of monologuing this episode, a lot of people just telling us things as opposed to giving us the emotion behind it. Um, I, I really wanted, I wish that they would kind of play up more on that. Um, but also another thing that was interesting was we got, maybe we're going to lead more into Braden being more independent. Um, the conversation with Kiki, even though Kiki is shady as well, and she is manipulating uh, Brayden for a price, because remember the fair wage situation, she's manipulating him in order to get into good graces so he won't really reveal everything, and used what she knows as the coin business, the, the drug business that they already knew from the very beginning to hold that against Brayden so he won't tell on the fact that this is a, just a big Ponzi scheme uh, company. Um, but what was really interesting was she did explain, you know, again, you are the brains behind this operation. Why are you so reliant on Tariq? And we do understand and we know of their brotherhood and their, their friendship. But at the same time, I'm wondering if Brayden is going to be more confident with what he comes up with in his plans. And instead of always informing Tariq, he's gonna start executing some things for himself. And we're gonna see, not like a, a full split, but Braden doing more of his own side project things because he's the brain behind a lot of these operations. And so I would like to see a bit more independence from Braden in regards to that. Let him set up his own enterprises and business that's separate from Tariq. He's going to always be there for Tariq, but I like to see him, you know, act on his own. So that should be a very interesting way to explore that character. If they decide to go down that line, um, that would be a lot of, I could be a lot of fun, could bring a lot of conflict, could bring jealousy. I don't know to, you know, to see Tariq having to rely 
without Braden, and then we all know the situation with Effie, having to rely on him himself, that makes everyone more independent and maybe stronger in that way. Um, going back with Effie, really quick, was the whole Kane situation. I understand that Kane is being nice because we all think that he may want a relationship with Effie. But I think deep down, maybe inside, he genuinely cares about her. Um, the tuition thing was a very nice gesture. And this, of course, we go back to, well, what are the strings attached to it? We don't know at the moment. But if we can just take this for a moment of just kindness, because it was kind. And you did see, for you know, Effie genuinely smiled. This was a huge burden that was on her. She needs that education. She wants to become something more than just a drug dealer. She wants to go into science. She wants to go into robotics. And so this is a dream of hers that again is stifled because people aren't born into money. She isn't just given things as so many other people are. And she had a lot of pride with there with her, but it just seemed to me that Kane genuinely cares about her future and wants to make her happy. And you can argue, again, we don't know what that means later on in terms of how he might hold this against her. But just in that moment, this was amazing to have someone pay, you, you know, your, your, your tuition, I believe maybe over $50,000, which is nothing to him. But to still go out of his way to do it, I thought was just a very nice gesture. And sometimes we just need something nice in the midst of all of the chaos and the death and the back, you know, the betrayals that is going on within the characters and in the show. Um, so to me, again, I like that. Um, I think also, you know, we have the whole death situation with Gordo. Um, he finally met his end. I wanted a lot more. This to me just felt one, two dead, you know, oh, here's the phone. Oh no, I found out it's connected. And it, I would have at least thought you would have given me a sentence aside from, you know, you, you killed my dad. But I wanted, you know, at least a conversation and then I'm going to kill you. Or you could make it the whole am I my brother's keeper situation. You know, that scene was very emotional from New Jack City. Um, but we just didn't have that. And it was just one shot and you're dead and that's it. And I expected a lot more emotion because remember earlier in the episode, he came to his mother and was like, we can really be something. Obviously he didn't know what was really going on, but he said we could really be something. He was starting to feel love. The bubbles was in his heart. He was like, yeah, yeah, like him. The butterflies were flapping. And instead we really just didn't get anything. And then we got like a, a, a one tier maybe when he came to Monet, you know, and it was a really nice embrace, but it was just, I just wanted more emotion. And for me overall, this episode was just went by so quick that it didn't have any chance to just give me emotion to set up the beats 
It was just this, 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 and this. And it wasn't really like that thrilling this, this, and this, like we've seen in previous episodes. It was just like this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and we're done. So it was an okay episode for me. I don't have as many takeaways as I would have liked. Um, to me, it just was kind of predictable. We knew that there was something kind of going on with uh, Salim Tariq. Uh, we knew that, for me at least, that Braden, they was already setting up and putting in, in Braden's mind that, hey, you're really the brains behind this operation. Monet has always been manipulative, that she's going to live and die that way. Just a manipulative lady who probably can't act. Um, but just overall, I wanted more. We got what we got, and it was just an okay episode for me. So maybe that means that this was just a break and a breather, and the next episode is going to be amazing because we also do have, and I know it was like only three, but we do have the situation between Davis and Theo. Um, which he was able to get his brother out of prison, but it was ominous in terms of, well, I, I jeopardized my life for you. And at the end, at, I gave up my life for you so that you can succeed, so that you can be successful. And you essentially threw it all away for this. And now we're wondering how that's going to come back at him. You know, Davis knows what's really going on. We are at this moment where we can't trust Davis. Dave, not Davis, I'm sorry. Sachs knows what's going on because obviously he set up the deal. But we don't know. We know that Sachs is playing both sides at the same time. So I wonder how that's going to bite him. Also, the judge. I don't trust that judge. That judge seems slimy. What if that judge goes down and was like, yeah, and I accepted this bribe from Davis, and then that's another charge as well. So, you know, and I expected, obviously, I wanted a little bit more from the two brothers, which is probably why Red Man was like, I'm out. And he did that one scene that was, we never saw him again. Um, but that I felt was just wrapped up just so quickly. I wanted a bit more from that. But then again, we have to wonder what are the repercussions of Davis's actions for this. Will he start to lose his career? How will this jeopardize him and his brother? I mean, his brother is literally on death door, so does it really matter at this point in terms of him? But how is this going to affect Davis? The fact that Sachs was there setting up the deal as well, how does that affect him? We already know that him and his relationship with Jen is literally hanging on by a, by a thread, so. There's a lot of questions that I hope they answer and they can set up for the next episode. But that was kind of what I had to say there. Excellent takeaways, uh, as always. And yeah, I agree. Uh, the Theo Rowlings, I definitely want to see where they go with that uh, little storyline there. Um, and yeah, it definitely raises some questions because now we know that Tariq is is on to Sachs a little bit because he knows that he's kind of like, you know, a mole or whatever. So I want to see where they take that because Sachs was really like the one who did the all the orchestrating to get Theo Rollins out in the first place. So that's going to be interesting, however they choose to, to uh, drop that storyline or whatever. 
but yeah, great observations as always. Um, and yeah, excellent takeaways. And we are going to hear from uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. now. So Richard, when you're ready, hit us with your takeaways. Okay, first and foremost, uh, excellent takeaways as always, Dana. Um, I agree with pretty much a lot of what she had to say. I thought the episode was just okay. There's a couple of things that uh, I didn't necessarily like about the episode, but uh, I'm going to get into my takeaways. I have basically three main areas I want to touch on. So uh, first and foremost, let's, again, because you guys just spoke about Davis. Uh, I want to talk about Davis, Sachs, and Jenny in this episode. Uh, so we do know, we do see that Davis and Sachs, they do meet up with Theo because they want to try to get his questioning correct. So they have a bit of a rehearsal that does not go well. And this is, is essentially what leads to Sachs approaching Jenny, basically asking if she can help him get someone on that, on that, on that uh, board, a board member basically so that they can bribe him so that he can help get Theo released. Now, I did find that that conversation between Theo and Jenny very interesting because that was very heated and Sachs did warn her at the end, if you lie to me, you try to do anything against me, I will get I will get payback on you. So it makes me very curious to see what's gonna happen with those two as far as their dynamic. But again, and, and, and then to dive into that a little, little bit more is that we do see that uh, Paz's son, who they introduced in an episode earlier this season, you know, he was, you know, basically uh, he, he was at that at that at that investigation scene when the CI got killed. Uh, he pretty much is helping now. Uh, you know, he's helping out Jenny. And basically helping them to find out more information about Tariq. So we do see in this episode, he does find the coffee cup outside of Weston Holdings. So now he knows how they're getting the product into the cups. So I thought it was great that they did progress that particular part of the storyline. It feels like they're trying to move this RICO investigation as fast as possible to give you something to keep you on the edge of your seats, I guess. But pretty much to go to back to what gary and dana alluded to theo eventually does get out and now he does make davis feel guilty saying that hey you know i know that you did something illegal to get me out so uh i didn't want to see this happen to you but as a result of that i can't trust you i don't want to see you anymore after i get dropped off at the, at the facility i don't want to see you anymore so i'm very curious to see what happens with that entire situation we do know that Jenny does reveal, she finally reveals to Blanca uh, that, yeah, Lauren is alive and she is ready to testify. So basically, they have all the information they need to really move forward with the RICO. So we'll find out how that goes next week. But we'll see what happens. As for the second takeaway I want to get into, talking about Tariq, Effie, and Braden in this episode. Uh, so we do see at the beginning of the episode, Tariq is basically, he's, talking with Lauren. He's basically trying to find out any information he can about this RICO case. But of course, Lauren still doesn't trust him. So meanwhile, while he is doing this, Braden basically, as you both have mentioned already, Braden is talking to Kiki. He's confiding in her. He's basically getting closer to her. And again, she does discover, she tells him about the text messages. So she knows that him and Tariq have been running their own drug business 
right in Weston Holdings. And she does tell him she'll keep it a secret that she wasn't going to tell anybody. And then later in this episode, we find out as Braden finally discovers what Weston Holdings really has been doing behind the scenes, and he approaches uh, his uncle Lucas about it, it's also revealed that she also told Lucas about the fact that Yes, Tariq and Braden, they have a, they have this drug business, they have this drug operation that they're running as well. So I will say this the Ponzi scheme stuff, not really too surprising. The brother looked scummy. Lucas, he, he looked scummy from the minute that we saw him. So I I'm very curious to see where they go with this. I, I do want to say this though. I did laugh and I did tell Dana this. I did laugh after I saw that scene. Because it made it look like now Lucas is 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 the villain that Braden is going to have to take down. They're in the, obviously in the same family, so I want to see how that's going to work out. Because obviously, if he takes him down, he's also going to, you know, something's going to happen with him as well. They're all in the same family, so I want to see how they address that situation. I saw that Braden did not tell Tariq what's happening, because Tariq, Tariq would be furious. Tariq has his his uh, trust fund also invested in this. RSJ has his business invested in this as well. So I kind of feel like at some point uh, they are going to find out and I want to see what their response is going to be to all of this. But uh, yeah, very interesting. And I do agree with what Dana said about uh, Braden. They keep emphasizing that Braden, he really needs to get more credit as the brains of the operation and he needs to develop an independent streak. So I'm very curious to see what he's going to do because it feels as though that this is leading to something that could happen at the end of the season where he does make a power move to show that he actually is independent. He can do things outside of Tariq and he'll get full credit for it. So I want to see what that is, but uh, stay tuned for that. Um, and going back to Tariq, uh, obviously he finally, he does meet up with Effie in this episode they have a very heated conversation because he asked her for the photo of Noma and her daughter because he wants to use that as a way to get them out of the out of the business. She doesn't want to give it to him. So they have a nasty conversation. They go their separate ways. And then, of course, later in this episode, when he does have that conversation, it's revealed that he actually recorded the conversation with Effie and he gives that information to Lauren to prove he had nothing to do with trying to kill her. So very smart tactic by Tariq to basically set up Effie to give the proof. But I want to see where they're going with this, you know. And we did see that Effie did see the camera on the rooftop. Uh, Diana obviously missed that camera. But Effie saw it right away, but they still got her on camera. So I want to see what they do with that information. So stay tuned for that. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to my final takeaway. And this is where some of my criticisms come in in this episode as well. The Tejada family in this episode. Now, the one of the main issues I had, there's two issues I have. One of the main issues I had with the episode is that when we saw the episode start, right, it's just pure chaos. The Russians are now retaliating. They decide to go to the warehouse. They kill a lot of people that were working for Tariq, you know, Effie, uh, Kane, and so on and so forth. Okay. The previous episode, Davis had a conversation with Monet saying, Yes, the feds took took care of the Russians. We don't have to worry about nothing else. So I kind of feel like that that scene last week was unnecessary because I think we all knew as viewers the Russians were still going to retaliate. And I re recall when we were talking on this show last week, Dana said, "Yeah, I hope someone someone breaks out of jail or something happens." So I, you know, I kind of feel like last week they made you think that it was resolved 
but we knew obviously it couldn't be resolved. It wouldn't make any kind of sense. So it was very chaotic. And, and as a result of that rushed effort to get the Russians once again to show you how dangerous they are, the whole episode felt rushed in certain parts with the storytelling and how they did certain things, as Dana said. Let's go from this scene to that scene to this scene to that scene. It's okay, right? It's okay. This is not a horrible episode, but it, it's just not, I don't think it's of the same quality as some of the episodes we've already seen this season. The other issue I have with this episode is that when all this stuff happens, bodies start dropping, and obviously everybody is in danger, right, because of this Russian's involvement. Where the hell is Noma and Obi in this episode? You even saw Monet show up to the warehouse, and she's talking to Tariq. They have an emergency meeting with Tariq, Kane, and Brayden. So I would hope that the next time we see Obi and Noma, they're going to make mention of this because clearly they have their eyes on Tariq, so on and so forth. That's why I was I was so confused as to why they didn't show up and try to resolve this issue when the Russians came to their place of business and started killing people. It just didn't make any kind of sense to me. Obviously, I want to see what they say, though, in the next episode when we see them again. But they have to acknowledge there's been something 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 happened here. Something took place here that we, we wasn't we wasn't aware of. But uh, we have been watching you. We saw Monet roll up here. What is she doing here? She's not a part of our arrangement. They have to acknowledge that because I feel, kind of feel like they, they didn't really get into any of that in this episode. So we'll see what happens. But pretty much from there in the rest of this episode, we saw what happened with the fallout with the Castillos. They said they wanted 50% of the business. They want a 50-50 split. And of course, that, that created some issues. Drew had to leave and Gordo did the negotiating for him. But then again, it is, uh, again, in this episode, you see as Dana said, the master manipulator tactics of Monet, basically, she gets Kane to show up. They take out Dana's uh, friend from school. Yeah, I was very, very, very angry to see Kai get, get, get dealt dirty that way because that I feel like that actor could have brought a lot more to the role, but uh, they didn't give him a lot to work with. But yeah, they took him out and they say that he was a part of this whole thing to set up to kill Lorenzo in the whole texting thing back and forth with Gordo. So... Yeah, I, I do agree that the Gordo death, we knew that that was going to come. But I kind of feel like if I was writing this show and if I and if the decision was to kill him that way, I would have had him say before he got shot, hey, Monet made me do this. Because then you would leave the viewer on the edge of their seats wondering, OK, so how how is it possible now that the kids are going to find out that Monet did this? Something else is going to have to come to light, I feel, for them to know this. Obviously, Kane already knows that Monet did it. He's just trying to play his cards now. But I kind of feel like, and I, and I think he will be even more suspicious after this episode when he sees everything happen so perfectly with that text getting out, getting sent out, and the notification coming in right at the same time that Drew showed up in the room to see the text received. I kind of feel like with all this stuff here, um, they 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 planted that a certain they played it all they planted all that a certain way so i want to see where they go with the next episode but i will say that again there are still some interesting things i'm looking forward to seeing because they still have a lot of stories lines they need to finish up but I, overall i thought the episode was just okay not a horrible episode um but i definitely am expecting better things in the next couple of episodes there's only about i think about maybe three episodes left this season. So hopefully uh, the next three episodes are all bangers, but fingers crossed, we'll see.
Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, excellent takeaways there. Um, and yeah, I, I, I completely understand some of your critiques that you had there. Um, I share the same sentiments with, with some of those too. So yeah, but um, as always, great observations, you know, great analysis. Um, we are going to have more of a back and forth discussion about some of those things uh, that you both mentioned. Um, but let me go ahead and give my takeaways first, and then uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. So, um, firstly, you know, I feel like this episode was, um, it was like, it felt like it was really like Monet's episode to kind of have her um, step up a little bit and show her master manipulator side. I feel like that's that's the intention they had with this episode and. It could be because they're trying to lead towards a Monet versus Noma kind of uh, rivalry or something. So they wanted to kind of boost up Monet and show you that she, she, uh, you know, she could be a, a mastermind or a master manipulator. But within that, she is also very dependent on Tariq. Like, you know, because she, she seems to, throughout this whole season, she seems to kind of lean on Tariq and, um, you know, ask him for advice and, and how she should act. So she does get a lot of ideas from him too. So I wonder if that's going to like kind of uh, give us a hint towards how things are going to be aligned by the end of this season. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was cool, you know, to kind of um, make her like that because we know that she 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 has been manipulative in the past. Um, and she is, she is holding a lot of secrets, you know, and she's been doing this for a long time. She lied about Zeke to her whole family. You know, she, she had, um, she had, um, what, what was the age discrepancy or something like she, she, uh, there was some weird age discrepancy where, where like, you know, she was saying he was this age when really he's like 24 or something. Like she was saying he's college age when he's 24, like, you know, she, she, that, that's some like serious lying right there. Like that's some like crazy lying. Like you, you made this guy's whole life up basically. So yeah, she's been doing some pretty devious things already. So um, the way she, you know, she did, she, she played uh, Drew throughout this whole episode. It was very kind of heartless of her because she played on his emotions. Um, and this is all because Gordo kind of threatened her at the start of the episode, like, you know, and Gordo obviously knows that she's the one that commissioned him to kill Lorenzo. Um, so he's holding on to that secret. So her whole plan in this episode is to get the Russians off of them while also clearing her name so that nobody will be able to find out that she had Lorenzo killed. And, um, you know, she goes about that by manipulating her own son, you know, um, first of all, she has Kai come to the house and she knows that Drew doesn't like this dude already, but she she plans to use Kai. So she's, you know, flirting with him and all that stuff. Um, and she, you know, during that whole time, Drew comes in and like, you know, she's kind of throwing, she's kind of like fanning the fire a little bit because she knows that these two people don't like each other and they're going to blow up and have an argument. And she just kind of, kind of lets it happen. Like, you know, she's probably getting off on seeing them argue or something. And then, <laughs> and then like, you know, she continues to, um, well, first of all, she has that pretty deep conversation with Drew where he's like, oh, I really think this could be something me and Gordo 
you know, and she kind of plays on on that, you know, that emotion, like, yeah, maybe this is real. Maybe he's the one knowing full well what she plans to do, you know. And and then we have the whole club scene where she's with Kai and um yeah, she uh she she butters him up a little bit and then she attempts to kill him. Luckily Kane was there to kind of, you know, clean up her botched uh, assassination because she she didn't do a good job trying to stab him there. So, you know, it's a it's a good thing Kane was there to help her out. Um and then she sent that text message, you know, to to the phone or whatever, knowing that Gordo was going to text back or whatever. And then she plants that phone on uh, Kai's body. Drew walks in and, you know, he just happens to hear the phone buzzing and decides, oh, I'm, I'm a, I have to clean up this body, but I'm, I'm going to read this text real quick. You know, he, uh, he reads that text and he sees, you know, the, okay, so this guy is the one that had something to do with killing our father. So, you know, she manipulates the whole thing. And then later on, we see what happens when uh, Drew is with Gordo, you know, doing their thing. Um, and then Gordo goes in the shower and Drew, once again, he hears a phone buzzing and he decides, oh, I got to find this phone and read it right now. And then, you know, he goes into Gordo's drawers or whatever, and pulls the phone and sees the the, the message thread, you know. Um, so she was really banking on the fact that, you know, the, uh, Gordo was going to be in the shower at that exact moment. You know, I don't know how she knew that, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you're going to say something, Rich? I just want to make a quick comment because I know I didn't mention this in my takeaways, but you reminded me when you said it. Basically, Gordo got warned at the beginning of the episode when she told him to stay away from Drew. She told him that at huh. the very beginning. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're not going to do anything about it. And so that was that set up what happened to him in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they had the uh, the face off, like you know, where they was going mm-hmm. back and forth, and he warned her that um, you know, he you know, uh, I forget what he said, but he was basically kind of warning her, you know, you're gonna play ball with me, or I'm gonna tell, you know, I could tell Drew, like kind of taunting her. So that was kind of what also made her want to get rid of him and stuff. Um, so yeah, of course, yeah. So that 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 played into the whole thing too. But yeah, so like the whole shower thing happens. Um, and yeah, you know, even after that, we see them comforting Drew and everything after all of that. Like Drew kills Gordo, of course. And and then later on, we see them comforting Drew. So it was a very heartless uh, thing for her to do. She knew she was going to cause her son pain with that, but she did it all to cover her own tracks. Um, you know, so that kind of shows a kind of, selfish streaking her and it shows that um her family isn't you know kind of her mate her biggest priority as a mother because it like she she kind of she loves zeke more than she loves the rest of these children it seems like because she gave zeke professional like uh preferable treatment over over you know the rest of the children and the rest of the children she just treats them any kind of way we see what she did to drew we like she kind of has this like you know rocky relationship with kane um where you know they're they're basically kind of fighting for the top spot now kind of um yeah so she you know she's a very heartless woman and she doesn't care about her family 
And that just makes me more curious to see how they're going to play this whole Diana thing with her getting locked up. Uh, because I wonder what Monet's reaction is going to be, because I kind of feel like she'll be more concerned about keeping uh, Diana's mouth shut than actually getting her out, you know? So um, I can't wait to see, you know, how they play that whole thing out in, in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, the, this episode was definitely um, very Monet-focused, and I feel like they're doing it to kind of build up her character to to be, you know, one of the top two kind of villains, I guess, in, in the show. So uh, that was interesting. So um, my second takeaway, so you guys talked about Effie quite a lot already, um, and, you know, even though Effie has done some some wrong to Tariq, who is the main character, you know, she's lied to him um, a number of times. You know, you she could also be seen as a very respectable character at times because we see that she's just trying to um, pay her way in college. She's trying to pay her way through college and make enough money. She she has a a secret number that she's trying to hit, you know, before she leaves the game and everything like that. So. It, she can seem like a, a respectable character at times, but I still feel like there's a mysterious streak to to the character. I feel like there's something we don't know about her. And the reason I say this is because she walks out of that, you know, she walks onto the rooftop, she sees the camera, she turns around automatically and she walks away and she texts Kane, you know, tells him we need to meet up. She meets up with Kane later on, you know, uh, they talk about her, her tuition and all that stuff and you know he he brings her some some drugs to sell and stuff it's not it's not really enough but they're going through rough times at the at the moment and he promises her more and he offers her some money to pay her tuition and all that stuff so all of that happens we see her you know she's kind of building a, a closer bond with Kane it looks like in this episode but one thing that stood out to me is that she actually didn't mention the camera at all like because to me, it looks like you saw the camera, you texted Kane instantly, but then we didn't see her say anything about it. You know, she didn't warn about the camera. Um, and she knows that other people are aware of this rooftop, right? Um, she might not be talking to Kanan, I mean, to, to Tariq right now. They might not be talking right now, um, understandably, but she could have at least told Kane. So Kane could tell Tariq because if somebody's watching that camera, if somebody planted that camera there, that is going to put her at risk too because she is a part of this this whole thing. So that you know planted a question in my mind: like, why did she not say anything? Um, is this a thing where you know it, it happened off screen? Like maybe they had the conversation off screen. They don't want to see. They they don't want us to see what was said or something. Or is is there a specific reason why she didn't mention it? Um, now we do see that Jenny Sullivan, um, she shows the, the the picture from the camera, you know, of, of Effie. She shows that in the briefing room or whatever, and uh, so she does have the picture, and she kind of mentions it as part of the case, and she's happy about it, like, oh yeah, now we've got Effie, and she even mentions that Lauren is alive at that moment. To, she she admits it to uh, Blanca uh, and Lauren is alive and she's ready to testify or whatever. So, you know, she even 
mentions it. So that was a big deal for her. So I'm thinking maybe Effie is planted by someone else. Maybe somebody else planted Effie. Maybe she's working with somebody else and not, maybe she's not, you know, um, a mole or a rat like we thought she was. Maybe she is working with someone else on the inside or, or outside. So, um, you know, that that's just a thought. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is absolutely the case, but it's just it just struck me as weird that she saw the camera and didn't mention it at all. That, that's all I'm saying. But um, so yeah, final takeaway that I have. Um, the Braden thing was interesting. You know, he's another character that kind of got got like a a, a moment, I guess, in this episode. You know where they were, they was building up Monet's character, but they were also building up Braden's. So we see him, you know, he, uh, he finds this, this, uh, weird, like vacant part of the building or whatever. And then he finds the shredded paper and everything. And then he finds the books. And then we see that throughout the episode, he's spending time going through these books, analyzing it. And then eventually he goes to Kiki. You know, this is after Kiki has already admitted to him that she knows what he's doing with Tariq. You know, uh, that happened very early on. Um, but yeah, he he brings this to Kiki and says, you know, this whole thing is basically a Ponzi scheme. And then he goes to his uncle, you know, Lucas. And yeah, that it, it all comes out at that moment um, that, the, the whole thing is a Ponzi scheme set up by Uncle Lucas and Kiki is in on it. And, you know, Braden can't tell anyone because they know that he's selling, you know, dope. He's selling uh, the drugs all over the building with the coffee and the cryptocurrency. They know all of it, you know, and that's the whole reason he wanted him there in the first place. So, so yeah, um, all of this comes out and it's very interesting, you know, I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see where they go with this because I mean Braden, you're you're running a whole drug operation, so it's like you can't you can't have like a a, a moral awakening over this because you're you're not like you're not the most moral person anyway. Like you're selling drugs in in the whole building basically, so it's like you can't you know you can't really act like this is a bad thing because he he was acting like this is some evil scheme or something. I'm I'm like. You're literally selling drugs in coffee cups, like so. So where are you going? But yeah, um, I am interested to see where they take this. Um, I guess the main point is that he has leverage now over. Uh, well, not he kind of has leverage. He has he has knowledge, and he can choose to do something with this knowledge that he has. And you know, I'm thinking maybe. There, there, there's multiple ways they can do this, but I'm thinking maybe one thing that could happen is maybe Braden somehow kind of takes control of the company um, in some way. Like maybe he he does some manipulating within his family and his his, his father to kind of um, you know step up in the company a little bit and take over. Either that or maybe. Tariq will catch wind of this too. Maybe Brayden will tell Tariq and maybe Tariq will tell RSJ and RSJ won't be happy to know this. You know, he won't be happy to know that this whole thing is a Ponzi scheme. 
Um, and maybe they will make some kind of move where, because remember the Queen's Child Project. Remember, uh, he has that now, like that. He 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 has that estate. So they might do some shuffling around, and maybe they have their own organization. You know, um, if if Brayden and Tariq ever get back friends again, like fully, uh, we see that they are kind. They are kind of sort of friends again, but because they acknowledge each other and talk to each other. But yeah, they're not, obviously it's, they're not all the way back friends yet, but if they ever get back tight again, that's maybe something that can happen where they kind of break away and set up their own organization together uh, with the, the Queen's Child Project as the base, I guess. So yeah, maybe they're leading towards something like that happening, but yeah, that that was an interesting twist uh, to throw in there because because that one just it came right out of nowhere. Like I don't think anyone was expecting this. Um, we did think that maybe Kiki had a secret, but we wasn't thinking anything like this, you know. So that was kind of crazy uh, to see that that whole plot twist. But yeah, overall, it, like I agree with Rich. It was it was an okay, you know, and Dana. It was an okay episode. Um, it, it felt like some random things really happened in this episode, but you kind of get these episodes in every season of a show where it's just like, okay, I wasn't expecting this, but whatever. I guess we have to wait till next week to to really see the big things happen again. But yeah, you know, this this felt like that episode. It was just all right, cool, you know. So it is what it is. Um, I am interested to see where they take some of these plot points because, you know, some things, some interesting things did happen with uh, progressing the stories, you know, like Theo Rowling's getting out. Um, that was interesting to finally see because they've spent so much time on on that case. So I'm wondering where they take that next. But uh, yeah, um, average episode to me personally. But those are my thoughts and my takeaways. <laughs> so we'll get into our questions and discussions now so we can have more of a back and forth dialogue. Uh, just a quick reminder to the people, leave your comments, let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, you know, whether it's good or bad, you can respond to us, let us know what you think of our takeaways. Um, and then also, you know, hit the like button if you still are listening and enjoying the show and um, hit the subscribe button too. So you can get, um, you know, notified, uh, hit the bell as well. So you can get notified of when the show does come out and, and when we have other videos and stuff. So please do that. Okay, so let's get to our questions and discussions because I do have some uh, interesting things I want to talk about. So seeing as I was just talking about this, I'll jump, I'll jump right into this one because I do want to get your thoughts on, on what could happen here. So, you know, the whole Brayden uh, and Ponzi scheme thing. Uh, how do you think Brayden is going to react next, you know, in the next episode to what he learned in this one? Um, you know, what do you think his next move might be with the knowledge that he now has, you know, of Lucas's Ponzi scheme and stuff like that? So I'll go to you first, Rich. What do you think about that? That's a good question. Uh, it's a bit of a tough answer for me. Um, I will say this. Uh, I like what you said about 
him eventually telling Tariq and RSJ about this because one thing they did tell us about RSJ when they went after that company that was in Europe, they went there with the information of what they could use to basically take control or take a, a huge share of that company. So I kind of feel like RSJ, he obviously didn't do all of his research on Western Holdings. So if Braden was to provide this information to Tariq, it definitely will help, you know, him as far as trying to find a way to get his investment back. But I like what you said about the Queen's Child Project building, because they uh, definitely can utilize that as a way to, you know, I guess, whether they're going to become a competitor or whether they're just going to try to do something within the community that's better than what's being done with Western Holdings. I, I have no idea how that's going to, uh, you know, come out. Um, I do think that Tate also could be a part of this because Tate obviously is going to be looking for any way that he can to help his uh, chances of getting uh, the governor's seat. And obviously, I, I don't know, I don't think we spoke about this, but obviously in this episode, he did get the information about the drug bust. So obviously he's looking very good to the public right now. So I kind of feel like uh, because of the history he had with James and the Queen's Child Project, he might uh, step in and help with this to, to some degree as well. But outside of that, uh, I'm not sure. I just want to say though, I like this dynamic, like I said earlier, of Lucas now being somebody that Braden has to deal with. And obviously the father his father, I, this this is a, this is very a vector, very conflicting situation because obviously whatever happens, it's going to impact his father. It'll, it'll also impact Bryce as well. So I I really want to see how they deal with this situation and the fact that they've made it appear at by the end of this episode that Braden is on his own. He can't tell Tariq this information because Tariq would be even more furious now that he's involved in this as well. But I kind of feel like he's going to have to tell Tariq about this at some point. So. I'm curious, but because I can't really predict exactly what's going to happen, I think that's very good. It should be interesting. It shouldn't be a predictable as far as how the issue gets resolved. The one thing I do want to say, though, is, um, I, I, you know, I hope this not going to go the cliche route of Kiki feeling bad and now she helps Braden get out of this situation. Because clearly she felt something in, the, in this relationship with Braden. Uh, but I don't want them to go that route because we've seen that done multiple times in multiple movies and stuff like that. So I hope that they don't go that route. But yeah, it, it, I'm curious to see what happens. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he if he can get Kiki on his side, that that could be a way that he does take down Lucas or something like that. If that's the direction they want to go in. But um, I guess we'll see. I, I don't know, you know, how legit uh, their little relationship was. But but Dana, what do you think of uh, Brayden? How will he react to this whole uh, Lucas and Kiki thing? Their, their, relationship, their relationship wasn't really legit, Jit. I mean, remember she said I was using you, but then she was like, not all the time. Um, she didn't say that with much sincerity. Um, I feel that with this situation, I don't know how it could actually work out. Because either way, even if he runs to his father, they're screwed as a family. I mean, they, no one will have any money. The entire thing will go down in shames. 
<clears throat> I mean, in shame, it'll be dissimilar to the Lehman's brothers. Well, you remember people were jumping out the window when that happened. The lawsuits was up to hoo-ha. I don't know if anyone faced jail time, but it didn't, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't like, hey, we're sorry, guys. And then, you know, we all downgrade to a smaller mansion. Um, there's some heavy repercussions with this. And with Braden's name, it's already soiled. So in terms of it directly affecting Braden, I don't feel that it'll have the same impact as like the dad or the uncle. Because, you know, Braden is already known as the drug dealer. So, it, it, again, it's not going to just be something. Well, what else can we expect? Ponzi's game. Um, I do feel that in a weird way, I wonder if not necessarily RSJ is going to help them, but could hurt them even more. Remember, he's a billionaire. And not just a billionaire. He's one of the first black billionaires. So how this could be spun we don't know he does have limited resource he has unlimited resources because of his status in society so that could be one thing there but not just the comp the other competition that that they brought in was was being you know will now have their money in the in the control of weston but there's so many other different elements and things at play that essentially all of new york state well, New York State. Well, New York State and others uh, are going to be extremely mad. Think of it just to basically as the Bernie Madoff situation. It wasn't just a handful of people. This was interconnected networks um, that happened. These were not just, "Hey, I'm a billionaire." This was charities. He stole from like the cancer people and babies who have cancer. So. This is going to be a massive blowback if it's like, oh, guess what? I revealed the whole thing. It's not going to work out for anyone. Um, the best thing to do is to probably keep this in-house in, in terms of the problems. Um, I know that everyone's like, oh, RSJ is going to help, but I feel that he's not. If you stole my money, even if I am already a billionaire, I'm going to be pretty angry at you. And I'm going to take whatever resources that I can to destroy you. So I don't really see him being an ally at this point. I I don't see how this how anyone really can really step away from this without there being any problems, um, any blowback. You also have Tariq. His, uh, from my understanding, was Tariq's money tied into this. Yeah, his inheritance. So, yeah, so Tariq's yep. money is tied into this. Lorenzo. Money yep. is tied into this. <laughs> so you're you're messing when I not with just regular folk, Pookie and them, charities, billionaires, but then you also have the drug dealers and, and the gangs coming after you. This is not a win-win situation, period. I don't know how they will recover from this when this actually is known. And who's to say that this is gonna be revealed right now? Bernie Madoff, there was a slew of investigations and reports throughout decades where people were like, this was just a lazy Ponzi scheme and nobody looked because everyone was being greedy. And it took decades upon decades for him to finally get the repercussions and the, for people to actually say this is wrong as a collective. So this could just be a thing like, oh, yeah, my dad's running a Ponzi scheme. 
So yeah, I don't really think that it would at this moment to wrap up that story so quickly in like what three remaining three four episodes. Yeah, like they can do it, but like some things you just have to let breathe and just let exist. Ponzi schemes exist. It just does. So yeah. it's okay if it's not touched upon right now. Um, what was the other part of the question? Uh, just, just how you think uh, Brayden will, will react. And stuff. I mean, he's upset. He's mad. But what is Brayden going to do? Oh, my God. Me as a drug dealer. I'm upset my family's running a Ponzi scheme. I'm going to continue to benefit off the money that I have. We're all broken this together. I better start hustling even more. Like, there's no win-win. There's no moral code for this. Yeah. Oh, no, I I, I, I agree. I just was going to make a quick comment and say that um, the other thing is that by the end of this episode, uh, you know, after Tariq talks to Lauren, now he knows that they know that there's some drugs being sold at Weston Holden. So I'm very curious. I kind of feel like now Tariq is going to have a conversation with Brayden. No, uh, actually, the way that you said that could actually be a benefit. So hmm. we can stand Brother Lucas. Why not frame it so that the drugs was not actually Brayden and Tariq, mm-hmm. but was yep. the, the, the child of Brother Lucas? That way, we got Brother Lucas out the way. But still, at the end of the day, the company's a Ponzi scheme. Unless yep. the dad figures it out and then has the heart attack and died and then Brayden inherits everything. But oh, that could succession. be the only way. Succession. <laughs> That's like yeah. the only way at this moment for them to base the two birds in one stone. We had the cop. He was sitting there with the coffee cup thing. He saw the drugs. They got the pictures. They were able to tie it in. But your family's a billionaire. They could profit with the supply and everything else. A white collar crime could, is this white collar? Anyway, rich people crime could maybe be more beneficial and like headliney than opposed to Pookie and them running a Rico case. So maybe that's what it is. So Jen and, and Blanca is going to be upset because we don't know, you know, because their case is not being handled the way that it is. We already know that Lauren is like, I believe you, Tariq. So maybe she'll say some things that will contradict what's going on um, within the evidence. And in that way, when they come in with the drug situation, it could be Weston. It'll be Lucas. So that's the only way we can figure this out. I mean, we don't know exactly was Diana. We do know that they figured out that it ties in together. Stanfield connects it to Hodges, which connects to Weston. Maybe we could just end up somehow they make Lucas the mastermind behind it all. And then that way he just goes. Yeah, I, I do think that's a great idea. You know, um, that's a great call that that's something they could do to kind of kill but two birds with one stone and just pin it on him. Uh, what, what was you going to say, Rich? Well, I was going to say, I think Dana's point is 100 uh, percent accurate. I, I believe that that is what could happen. Uh, what I what I was going to say is I just want to see how they're going to tell us as viewers. It is believable that Tariq and the others get themselves out of this situation. 
because clearly with all the information that they are building in this RICO case, somebody has to go down. So yeah, if, if it is a situation where they can find a way to frame Lucas, that could work. But I want to see how they figure this out because they have everybody connected. They have a little bit of evidence there, there, but everything is really about Lauren's testimony and what she can tell them from this point. That that can seal the deal. So go ahead. So if you figure it this way, you know, you could say that it was Lucas. You know, all the kids did was really sell bottomless cups mm-hmm. or false bottom cups or whatever the wordage is. But it was Lucas who decided to act independently upon his own and put the drugs in it. Because, you know, how were these little kids given, you know, how are these kids given so much power within the company? Lucas oversaw any everything. They can easily deny we don't know anything about the drug situation. Right? So the near Ford's Lucas issue. Then I don't know this, but I feel that you guys made a point earlier that Noma RSJ would run in the same circles, right? RSJ, we do know is connected to Weston because of the whole money situation. Noma's money is not being funneled in through Weston Holdings, but through that weird canal, maybe I may just be being completely off with this, but with that, you can easily tie in and say, well, somehow through everyone knowing each other, through a side person, they got the drugs in from Noma. And in that way, it ties to Noma, and that's international, and that's the Rico, I think. I'm not sure. I'm stretching. I could be stretching well, at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a stretch. The only thing is they haven't really told us yet if Noma and RSJ know each other. We, we, no, we they haven't. That We're they, just assuming. Yeah, we, we, we assume, but I, I kind of feel like one thing I will say, though, is I, I do think there's more to the RSJ character still, because as you said before, for somebody who is a billionaire, you're going to probably do some illegal activity, so, something you're going to do something bad because you don't just get all that money just from just doing it yourself. There's some there's a catch to that. So I, I want to see what the secret is that they reveal about him in, in the future. I just feel that they put in the Noma situation, not just because she's the one holding everyone hostage, but they need to, one, get rid of her as a collective because she's holding everyone in hostage and she can play a larger part to this puzzle piece. I don't know how that, how it, how how it happens. Oh yeah. There's many ways they can uh, tie it all together. Um, but yeah, great theories there. I do think um, RSJ's, he, he definitely has some secrets. And um, I want to see how, you know, they tie him into this. Uh, one person I also wanted to uh, mention who will be affected by this, like, let's say this does blow up as a huge, huge scandal at um, Western Holdings. You know, Braden's sister is going to be affected by this because maybe there's a situation where they investigate all their funds, lock their accounts, and she won't be able to pay her tuition anymore to go to Stansfield or something like that, you know. So she's going to be someone who's affected. Either that or this is going to get brought up in class. You know, there's going to be an interesting classroom scene where everybody's talking about, you know, her family and, and the money and everything. So 
um, she is going to be, you know, indirectly affected by all of this if, if it blows up. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing to think about. But um, let's get to, uh, you know, another question. So uh, Tariq, you know, in this episode, um, he kind of he got to Lauren a little bit and, you know, he, he showed her the evidence. Well, he showed her him an audio of him uh, arguing with Effie and, and Effie kind of admitting to, you know, uh, doing doing something to Lauren or whatever, setting that whole thing up, you know. Um, and then she kind of told him a few things about the Rico and how much they got on him. Um, and then, you know, one of those additional things that she mentioned was that Saks is cooperating with them and helping them and that he is a mole. So... The question is, what do you think Tariq is going to do about this? Because we've seen him, you know, contact Davis, you know, uh, telling him about the Rico. And Davis basically, you know, his whole thing is he goes to Sachs to ask him for information about what Jenny Sullivan's doing and all that. And Sachs has been adamant that there is no investigation on Tariq. Um, but now Tariq knows that, you know, Sachs has been lying because he is the mole. And this puts Sachs in a dangerous position now because, you know, he has promised something to to Jenny um, in, you know, in exchange for him changing the, you know, the uh, the witness in, in the Theo Rowling's case and all that stuff. Um, he actually threatened Jenny Sullivan, you know, you know, if you if you do anything to me, if you backstab me, I'm going to take you down, you know, all this and that. Um, so. What do you think Tariq is going to do about Saks? Because there's there's so many things he could do. He could tell Davis McLean about him being the mole, and you know that will uh, create you know an interesting dynamic between Davis and Saks. Um, he could even try to you know have have him rubbed out or something. You know who who knows? Um, but what do you think Tariq might do now that he knows that Saks is the mole? <laughs> and and we've joked about uh, Sax being immortal because, you know, he's been around for a long time. He never goes away. He's like that cockroach, you know, in your kitchen that just won't go away. So what would you think? <laughs> is is Could this be leading towards the end of Sax finally? Uh, what you got roaches in your kitchen? No, I, I don't. I don't. But I've, I've, you know, I've seen it. in when I went to America, I saw, I saw, you know, cockroaches in... <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, <laughs> here's the thing. I think that I don't know. Um, he has, I don't know. Obviously, both Davis and Sachs are grimy and terrible people. But here's it. I'm trying to see who has been good more to Tariq this season. I mean, the fact that Sachs told him that that Lauren was alive. That's a big check mark there. The, but also the fact that Davis, him and Davis, you know, they've been speaking to each other. They seem to be in agreements to some things. That's a plus there. Um, but once a mole, maybe, you know, there's no crossing back. Isn't that the equivalent of, of a snitch? And the snitches get the stitches? Well, you can't kill Saks. That is just, you just can't. Um, but I do feel that this is going to somehow become something negative 
he's going to probably use this information. And who's to say that during that whole trial situation that I don't see, I don't know the answer to that question. That's the one thing that I'm kind of speechless on. I do want to say that if they do have that RICO case and they do bring in everyone just for the questioning, that Tariq could use that to his leverage. That Sachs was the mole, then also somehow make it seem that Sachs planted certain situations. Like, hey, I already knew that Lauren was alive. Maybe that could jeopardize the case. Uh, you're supposed to keep someone in witness protection, yet he already knew that she was alive. And therefore, it's a, it proved, and also Lauren saying that, hey, it wasn't Tariq. Maybe that further proves something. But honestly, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. And I think that's the one part where they did a really good job of trying to fool us in terms of their actions because Davis and Sachs are both equally slimy. And they kind of need each other with their slime. So that's my 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 answer is a no answer because I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tariq and Sachs, they do have a lot of history together going back to, you know, even the end of uh, season six power and power book uh, to uh, season one. Like these two characters have kind of had a rivalry in the past. Um, remember, Sachs was even uh, a suspect in Ghost's murder and stuff. And um, so there's been quite the history between these two characters. Um, and I think they're definitely going to play that up uh, with whatever Tariq decides to do. Uh, maybe he'll go straight to Sachs and talk to him about it. And maybe uh, maybe Sachs will try and cop, cop a plea or something and tell him, look, I'm on your side. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something to clear your name. You know, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll play triple mole and, uh, you know, start being a mole like on Tariq's side, too, because he, he's he's been pretty back and forth, like, you know, with Davis and Jenny. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. But who's to say Sax is not going to turn on Jen? He could, you know, he, he could. I mean, turn we're on looking anyone. so much. He could turn on anyone at this point, but we're looking so much at, you know, what's Tariq going to do? What's Sax going to do in this situation? You know, somewhere deep down in there, with a microscope, he has something of a heart. He cares, you know, and he's really emotional and slightly erratic towards Jen because he his feelings were hurt, which means he overcares. So, you know, a little boo-boo. So who's to say that he's not going to turn on Jen? You're trying to frame something for Tariq, and maybe he's been working the whole time in order for the case to, to look solid on paper, but in actuality could be flimsy. He's mulling. So I don't know. Yeah, he, he's in an interesting spot where, like, he, he kind of holds all the cards because he's playing both sides, but it also makes him the most vulnerable, like, because now everybody's going to be coming to him, like, you know, so depending which move he decides to take, everybody's going to be coming to him. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But, Rich, what do you think uh, Tariq is going to do, you know, now that he is aware of Saks being the mole? So before I answer that question, I do want to make a quick comment on something. Uh, observation, a couple episodes back, when Sachs found out that Lauren was alive, 
he um prior to that he sent jenny a text saying hey i found a, a, a file a police report from kevin whitman inside davis's desk and she just blew the message off then in this episode when he tells her this in person oh you've been holding on to this information all this time so that right there is an issue with uh, common sense and continuity. They should have fixed that. So I just want to make a comment about that. But to answer the question, Gary, um, I think Dana brings up a very good point that it really is about what is Sachs going to do. Obviously, Sachs is still is still hurt about the relationship not uh, working out. Also, the fact that she lied. And again, lying about a person supposedly dying, that's a very, very big deal. So I kind of feel like he could definitely turn on Jenny. Uh, and I want to see how that plays out. So it, that is interesting because it'll be very curious to see. But I will I will say this. It's a very messy situation on all fronts because Davis, Sachs just helped Davis by initiating this bribe with this uh, board officer to basically help them get Theo out. So even if Tariq was to go back and tell Davis this, the question would be, how is Davis going to play this? Because he knows that what, what uh, Sachs just helped him out with was illegal. So it's, it's, that's why I say it's, it's very interesting to see how this is going to play out because it can go in so many different directions. But I kind of feel like Tariq, uh, Tariq is going to, is going to potentially say that he knows the same information that Jenny knows, which is that, that Sachs had, had a gun the night that he went to Truth that James St. Patrick got killed. And he will probably tell Sachs that he knows this information and he will tell everybody unless he decides to help him out. So I kind of feel like Tariq could use that as some leverage. But at the same time, like Dana said, it's hard to predict what they're going to do because they have a lot of different things that they can do. But I just feel like uh, that is what's interesting because I do want to watch and see what happens next. And it's not totally predictable which path they're going to go in because it can go in many different directions. Oh yeah, indeed, he, he does have a lot of uh, leverage on on him, so that is true. Um, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, what does happen. I'm I'm in favor of uh, something serious happening to Sax where he has to go away or or worse. Because like this character just you know he, he's always I feel like he's always kind of in the same position like he's always like that annoying character that's doing slimy stuff you know he was doing it to Angela as well like so he you know he's been doing this he's been playing the same game for a long time so he you know his consequent the consequences of his actions have to catch up to him at some point so um, you know I, I want something serious to happen go ahead. I, I would not be opposed to, to seeing that happen. Uh, for some reason, I think this character will still be alive, however, going into the next season. And it kind of feels like they want to keep him around. But we'll see what happens. But the one quick comment I did want to make, uh, we've already really addressed the Tariq stuff, as you said in the previous question. But I, I just want to make a comment. You know, I find it interesting. You know, Tariq had the idea to record Effie. Uh, What's to say that Effie didn't record the conversation that she had with Tariq last week when they were in that car and he admitted to killing his father? See, that's why I say, Gary, you brought up a very good point that there's probably more to Effie we don't know. Because now that we know in this episode, by the end of this episode, Tariq has basically confessed to Lauren by, by giving her that message 
Effie, yes, Effie set this up. She's she's behind this. But I kind of feel like Effie has to have a backup plan because she knows that Tariq is weak, as she told him. He, he didn't take care of Lauren. I had to do it for you. So I want to see if that's what they reveal because it kind of feels like there's something she has to have some type of thing to work in her favor against Tariq. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you remember in um in the original power, like I think it was season six or something like that, uh when um Tariq was at the other uh school or whatever, like private school where he first met Braden and Effie, she kind of yeah. told on him then and had him kicked out, you know, if yep. you remember that. So Chow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chow, yeah. So um <laughs> It's it's in her character to do some some shady stuff. So yeah, I, I wouldn't trust her fully. And you know, there was that tweet that that the actress sent out, um, where she was like, you know, no matter what happens in this show, like I hope you guys are all on my side. You know, no matter what Effie does or whatever. So I uh, I think there's something you know something interesting. There's going to be some interesting twist with this character that happens. So I can't wait to see where they go with that. Um, but yeah, any last thoughts on that before I get to the next question? Oh no, Dana. I'm all set. Mm, don't kill Sax. I'm sorry. He's just he's a connective thread to everything. Like I understand he's been there the longest, and so it's okay if he finally dies. And I know that we wanted him dead since the original power. He was just so terrible. Um, but, you know, his character has grown on me. And we need some sliminess. And he plays so well to Davis. So, 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 are you, so are you saying that you will settle for him getting arrested? He can, see, he can share a jail, a jail cell with Davis. How about that? <laughs> see? You laugh, but that ends up being like a really cute, funny courtroom drama comedy. Where it's like they come to all the prisoners come to them with their cases, and 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 they keep they get them released, and they work up their way, and they have to share <laughs> a jail cell. That right there, it's like perfect strangers, but in jail. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't think they'll kill him either. You know, it's just it's just on my wish list because we've been wanting that to happen for a long time. And they even teased it with the moment where Ghost and Tommy was about to kill him. They teased the fact that they would kill him, but then they didn't. So, um, yeah, but I, I do think that something is going to happen with this character. Um, I think um, uh, another thing they can do is have him sabotage the the Rico somehow. I guess if he decides to help Davis, um, you know he could be the 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 kind of insider that just makes it all fall apart. Um, maybe that's the direction they'll go in, but we'll have to wait and see. So um, another question I had is, you know, this this episode ends with Diana getting locked up. You know, the the DEA busting the Tejada home. When they're at the dinner table, you know, Dana's favorite place for them to be. You know, that's where all the tea is going to happen at the dinner table. But, you know, there was a lot of spilt tea when when uh, the DEA busted in and um, locked up. You know, they, they took Diana and locked her up uh, and officially arrested her and stuff. So 
the question I have for you is, um, do you think Dana, uh, sorry, Diana is going to stand strong <laughs> or is she going to fold when they put pressure on her? Because we know they're going to, they're going to question her. They're going to have her, you know, in the uh, interrogation rooms, putting pressure on her, trying to guilt trip her, trying to, you know, trying to break into her mind and get her to to talk. Do you think she will fold in that moment or is she going to stand tall for the family? Now, in this episode, there is a moment where um, she's on the phone to Monet and, you know, she's talking about the whole stuff that happened with uh, with uh, Celine, you know, and um and you know she has that moment where she's like yeah clarence (laughs) sorry she had the the moment with clarence or uh trevor nelson or whatever his name is you know um and uh uh, she has that moment where she's like you know i learned from the best i learned from you you know uh with monet you know so maybe this maybe the in this next episode or whatever it is like whenever they decide to question her maybe this will be like her breakout moment of kind of you know coming into herself and and standing tall for the family and deciding this is my life like this is the person i am like you know i'm protecting my family in this moment so but what do you guys think will happen is is she gonna is she gonna um stand tall and keep her mouth closed and not say anything about, you know, the Tahada family, or is she going to fall to the pressure? So, uh, Rich, what do you think about that? That's a good question. Uh, I think that she is going to stand tall, but I also feel like she may find out some more information about what happened to Lorenzo. And at that point, this is when you introduce the issue of now the kids are starting to learn the truth about what happened. Uh, they can go down that path. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go down that path. But what I do know is that they're definitely going to show her that photo of, of uh, Effie. And you know the last conversation that her and Effie had, because Effie knew that she was basically doing the stuff, selling the drugs out, out, out of the store. So I don't know if that's going to make her feel suspicious that Effie said something. Obviously, the camera proves that the camera, the footage that they, they caught her on camera. So I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. But uh, what I will say is that, um, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what happens with Diana in the next episode. I was glad that she stood up to Clarence in this episode and exposed him. I actually thought the character would get killed. Maybe that could still happen too. I don't know. But but he got exposed. I think that's probably good enough. But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh it's hard to really determine where they're going to go with this stuff. All, all, the only thing I can think of is, again, she finds out information about Lorenzo, what happened with Lorenzo. And again, she already and she was there when, when we saw what happened with, with Kevin Whitman as well. So that's why I say uh, she knows a lot of information. But will she, is there going to be something that makes her talk? That's what we have to wait and see. And I kind of feel like there might be something there. But we have to wait and see how that all plays out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I like I like your point about them uh bringing up the Lorenzo thing, you know, because if they do try to, if they do like basically um expose some of Monet's secrets and stuff like that, might play on her a little bit and be like, wow, she she lied to me about this. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's a tactic they can kind of use to get into her head. But I still think that she will choose to um, you know, stand by her family because she does love Kane and, and Drew. Um, you know, even if she has a dispute with her mother or whatever, I, I feel like she's very loyal to her brother and sister. So she'll do something. She'll she'll do everything she can to protect them. But go ahead. I agree. One thing I, that I that I do want to say, since you brought it up, though, um, this goes back to something that I spoke about a couple episodes ago, where I said when Tariq found out that Lauren was alive and that they are all a part of this investigation. Remember how he approached Kane and Kane said, well, this is your business. You need to take care of this. This is between you, Effie and Braden. You need to figure it out. And I recall I said on that same episode, but what if something happens to Diana? Now it becomes Kane's problem. So the response I feel is not only do we need to wait and see what happens with Diana, but let's also see what happens with Kane and how he interacts with Tariq in the next episode. Because clearly, he's going to know that Tariq was possibly behind this. Uh, so I, that's why I want to see what happens. Because this investigation, everybody is involved. So how are they going to get out of it? That's the question. So stay tuned. Yeah, and, and that's that that could be how it comes out that, uh, you know, Effie knew about the camera but didn't say anything. Because like, cause if, if Kane finds out that they've got her on camera, with the uh, thing and you know Effie tells him oh yeah I, I saw that camera then he's going to be like why didn't you tell anyone you know? so that's going to be interesting uh, this is my last comment to make and then we need to go yeah. to Dana uh, I think listen I, I'm just going to say this right now I don't think Effie makes it out of this season because Effie is a character that obviously has dreams of going to school getting out of the game but she is involved with some very dangerous people. Once Kane finds out that not only once he finds out that he, if, if he ever finds out that about she knew about this with Diana, but also the fact that Lauren isn't dead, there's no way that that character can still be alive unless that character is working for somebody else and plans to expose everybody. So we definitely gonna get some answers, I feel, by, within the next couple episodes. But I don't think the story ends well for her because she's trying to do right, get out of the game, and go legit and most times that does not happen to people that are involved in this type of, of, of work so uh we'll see what happens but i don't think it's going to end well for her this season that's just my guess oh interesting take oh he thinks he thinks she won't make it out of the season wow um that that's that's quite the statement but i see your point though you know i see your point she's uh She's doing. Uh, she she she's gonna annoy a lot of people more than you know just Tariq. But um, Dana, what do you think about you know Diana? Uh, do you think she's gonna stand up for the family and you know not say anything, or is she going to maybe fold and let some details slip? And then you can also comment on Kane as well. What you think he might do uh, based on what I would just said. like to say, Richard is a thief because he stole my answers. But um, a, a couple things. Um, I do believe somewhat in, in the heart of hearts and deep of deeps that um, Diana's monologue about Monet being cancer was somewhat true. She believed that. And so when things start to unfold, 
um, I think she's going to start realizing what really happened. And that's when she could easily say, look, my mother made me do all this, which is not a lie. Because remember, the whole family, you got to do this, you got to do this. They made her do this. She didn't want to be a part of this. Another thing is, who's to say she can't blame and say that it was Celine? Here's a student, TA, who clearly is like 20 years older than everyone else, comes in, is, you know, has his business on the side. We already know that he's lying about his true identity as Trevor, um, you know, and he's Clarence Thomasing all of us. So I feel she can also say that is that's one of the things as well. Um, now, in regards to her relationship with Effie, we do know that it it's very rocky. Um, Effie originally came to Diana if, so that they can work together to purposely cut out Tariq. Diana was just happened to, you know, Diana happened to, to be in the room with Tariq at the same time. So that looked extra shady, that situation going there. But it just feels like it's one of those situations where there's a lot of opportunities where she doesn't necessarily have to automatically take the fall for everything. We got her, and this is why I never liked the rooftop situation. It's a school with students. A lot of students just in general go to rooftops of things. You know how many rooftop parties there is, but there is the fact that it was the, the, the fake door. But from my understanding, did they, did they like have pictures of the wall being fake? Because I don't recall that them doing that. That it was Lauren told them that it was there, basically. Ah, that's right. Sorry, my memory is not memorizing right now. So, yes, okay. So, you could say, yeah, and plus it's a video, not just like we're taking pictures. So, yeah, you get them that way. But she can easily say that, oh, it was Celine who made me do this. Or it was my parents who made me do this. I think that she technically is in the clear, but the problem is... Where is her, where is she going to really, who is she going to dislike the most in this situation? Now you have Celine with that whole situation that happened, but at the same time, she's is going to be revealed that uh, Monet killed Lorenzo and she is number one daddy girl. And she also witnessed what happened with Whitman. So she can put the two and two together. So, therefore, it just looks like, to me, uh, Monet is in more of, of the trouble than, than Diana would be at this moment. So, I, I, I don't know. I think that Monet, unfortunately, will live to see another badly acted day. But it's just the fact that well, she, she, there's a lot of things that's coming up that's, that's not going to be in her favor. And she may end up spending deal time for. Does Mary have a tour? Is she going on tour? Does anyone know of any tours? Because that could answer a lot of things. We don't know. But it could answer some things. But I think that Diana herself is okay. I don't think that Diana is going to see jail time. Okay. Or yeah. she could say um, it's Tariq. 
Tariq. You think he shows sales Tariq? I don't see. Here's the thing. I never saw. I would have made it very clear that Effie and Diana are not going to fight over Tariq. I just think she was maddened in that moment. I don't think in the overall grand scheme of things, my heart was really hurt that I lost Tariq to Effie. So, you know, here's my chance. This was just her being overall angry and moody. I don't think that they're fighting over Tariq, but I, the thing is, is that I don't, I don't, I just, at this point, I just don't know. But the, the whole other thing, the wild card is Kane. What is Kane going to do? And how is Drew going to react? Because Drew has already been a mess. Then when he had to kill his boyfriend, that's another thing of being a mess. Is he going to turn into an alcoholic by the end of the season? I just don't know. But I, in terms of Diana, I don't know. In terms of Diana, I just think that she has too many avenues for her to take the full blame of this, for her to be in jail. So, yeah. I just, I just to make a comment. You said, was is Drew going to become an alcoholic? Uh, we, we have to remember that this is power, not snowfall. Let's <laughs> see, that was poetic alcoholism. That was the most perfect alcoholism to alcohol. Yeah. So, yay for those runners. I agree. Go, 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 go. Go ahead, Gary. Oh, no. Yeah, I could totally see Drew going out like Franklin, you know, becoming an alcohol alcoholic, you know, because he is hurt over over having to kill his boyfriend. So, I mean, yeah. But no, um, great points. Um, I don't see Diana being locked up long term, I don't think. Um, I feel like, you know, she's she's too much of like a rising star in the show. I feel like I feel like she's got more potential as a character. So I feel like um, she's going to get out fairly quickly. Uh, to me, it just seems like this whole Rico is going to, like, I do like how they've built it up and how they've made it more of an important thing in this season because in the previous seasons, the investigation was just kind of weak a little bit, but they've made it more of a, um, uh, you know, major thing in this season, which is cool. But I, I just feel like it's going to fall apart at some point. Um, you know, especially now that Tariq, he ha- he kind of has Lauren's trust and then, you know, sex could potentially flip. So I think, I think uh, it's going to all fall apart because I just, I just don't see Diana being, you know, locked up. Um, I am curious though, why they didn't uh, go for Effie too, if they have, you know, her on on the picture, do you, is there a reason behind that that I might have missed why they didn't go for Effie as well to lock her up? Or maybe that's coming in the next episode, I don't know. I think I think what we just probably got was a tea, even though it would have been more profound if we saw like a, a montage of everyone being arrested. But I think maybe that could be how the how the episode opens next week with, you know, everyone being arrested because you need more than one. This is not a tech. This is this is attached to the Rico. So you need more than one person to be a Rico. So I think it's just a montage, but it was kind of weird how they did it. I don't know. Cuz they could have easily, yeah. I think it's just a, a a teaser. And then next week it'll probably open up with everyone being arrested. So that should be fun. 
And did Lauren ever get out that bathroom? Yeah, I mean, if she could have just run away with Tariq right there, you know. <laughs> it could have just made them run away, you know, and on some Romeo and Juliet type thing. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. But Richard, do you have any thoughts on that? On, you know, why they didn't snatch Effie and do you think they will snatch Effie in the next episode, maybe? I I do believe that they're going to use that as a way to question uh Diana further. And again, they again they already had the scene that Diana had, the last scene that Diana had with Effie, where she came to the dorm room and said about the business. So I don't know if they're going to say, because she may think that she is the one that told them that she was running this this business. So that's why I said I'm very curious to see which direction they're going to go in with that. Obviously, it would make sense that she would be angry and jealous because Tariq was with Diana at the same time. So that's why I said I want to see um, I want to see what, what what they do with that. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. So I guess we have to stay tuned and see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, once again, you know, we we don't get to see the trailer. Also, maybe the trailer will have some more clues once uh, we do see that. You know, uh, when the, the episode does go live. But um, yeah, let's get to final thoughts before we uh, get out of here. So. Um, Richard, do you have any final thoughts about the episode or anything to bring up that we didn't bring up yet? Yeah, something very important to bring up. We can once again go back to the untimely death of Gordo and the ramifications of that. Because I, there is one thing that I do want to say. Um, this is important. Uh, the conversation that Drew had earlier in this episode when the Castillos told him that they wanted to, have to negotiate a new deal 50-50, and obviously Gordo stood up with him. This happened, of course, Drew had to leave, but afterwards he told him, oh, yeah, I stood up for them. I stood up for you and said, no, we're going to keep the deal as is. But the thing is important about that conversation is that they, when they were talking with Drew, they said, well, if the Russians ever found out about the, about about you know that they got set up with as far as they're doing that drug deal they were going to know that the castillos were involved in that and even though you see in this episode that the beef is supposedly squashed at you know afterwards when monet drew and kane visit the russian guy uh clearly they know the castillos has something to do with that right so i want to see if that becomes an issue but the fact that gordo has been killed remember what evelyn told uh, Monet, if something happens to my kids, that would hurt me even more than what happened to Frank. So my prediction is that we do know that eventually they are going to want to get some retaliation. They are going to find out that something happened to Gordo. Maybe in the next episode, whatever. They're going to find out he got, he got killed or whatever. They're going to blame the Tejadas for that. So at some point, you're going to see the Tejadas face off against the Castillos. And I want to make my prediction right here. We know that Michael Elay has been casted in this show for season four. They said his character, basically, he decides to go to fully devote his life to taking out criminals because his wife gets killed in a rival shootout between two family gangs. So I'm going to make the prediction right now. It's going to be those two gangs, the Castillos 
and the Tejadas, when they have a shootout, there will be somebody innocent that gets killed. That's going to end up being the wife of Michael Elay's character, and that's how they introduce him into season four. That's what my guess is, but we'll see what happens. Well, that that's an amazing prediction right there. Like that's wow. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that because um, they do need to introduce that character. They did say he was going to be a big part of season four. So yeah, give you a clap. That was a that was a good prediction, yeah. Um, yeah. and that would make that would make sense for it to be between these two gangs because there is going to be some clapback uh because we see even in this episode the uh, brothers were you know they were um trying to debate about whether um you know Tahada should should uh pay 50 50 in mm-hmm. the deal or whatever and then you know gordo was trying to kind of uh take up for for um drew so so yeah the brothers the fact that they showed the brothers again you know it just goes to show that there is going to be some consequences for you know what drew did to to gordo but um dana um you know do you have any thoughts about that what rich richard just mentioned and then also follow with, with your final thoughts my my final thought is jealousy right now because i completely forgot about michael lily's existence and that was perfect. And yes, his wife gets killed in a drug rivalry. And you do have the Castillos fighting against the Hadas. You know, we, definitely not the Russians. So that makes absolute perfect sense right now. So yay for him. Um, very jealous. I don't even, even know who else is supposed to be popping off on season four. Um, don't know, but yay. Um, my predictions overall is that, you know, um, Tariq, we all know overall is going to be fine. We're getting a season four out of this. But my biggest concern is, you know, what happened to Mo- uh, Moma? What happened to Noma? They just seem to write her into the season, make her very pivotal, set her up for the fact that um, this is the whole reason why they're trapped under this woman is because of Lorenzo. It had really great bones and ties. And then we forgot about this character. If we can remember her. Now, I understand international crime lords are international bosses. You know, the HBICs. You can't be in, 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 in multiple places at one time. So, OK, that's excusable. But at the same time, I need to see your character. I need to, to know what it is that you're doing. Even if you were there to say, you know, you're not selling enough drugs, Tariq. That's fine, but I need to see your face some more. So hopefully we get to see her. I'm the only person who does not want her to just jump off and die in the in this season, solely because we haven't seen so much of the character for me to become attached to her. You know? Like at first I was like, oh, where's this going? I'm more attached to Obi than anything else you know and even he like you guys said previously he's been missing not even to say you stupid Tariq so I'm sad overall um so I would like to be some kind of resolution with that also you know with Brayden maybe Brayden is tired of playing Captain Save-A-Ho he already saved a lot of hoes in season three so maybe this is the one time where he just starts doing things for himself um, maybe he actually teams up with Kane. They have a really weird kind of abusive relationship, but you know, it's there, it works. 
every every day he's calling him something new with Marky Mark one time and and Larry Bird probably will be in the future. But um I like their relationship, but I want to see Braden just branch out a little bit more. I do not know how wow we're gonna figure out this whole Weston Ponzi scheme. I felt like it was thrown in and the kind of world that we're living in and the fact that we harper so much in corporate greed, it doesn't mean anything. Like I understand you people are losing their money, but overall it just doesn't mean anything. Oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. Okay. Cool. What bank isn't a Ponzi scheme? Then we just have a bunch of banks here in America that closed the SVB bank or whatever it was, because they was running things not up to par. Cool. Um, overall, it just kind of felt like a throwaway. So we can just completely get rid of that whole situation. Um, rest in peace to Kai. Kai kind of deserved it. He was a bit a little desperate. And like, I don't know anything about like men because I'm not a man. But do y'all just grow up fetishizing older women who may have possibly could have babysat you one time or changed your diaper one time? Because it's like, it was like an aggressive, hey, I like you, mama. Oh, Richard has. That's why. He's no, I know, I know. I, I, I was gonna say that's not true, but I'm gonna say this to defend Kai. He saw Mary okay. J. Blige. He didn't see Monet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was thinking of his childhood. <laughs> Those Mary J. Posters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, with what Richard said involving with season four, um, I. It seems like we have a lot. This is probably why it's not been, you know, consistent in terms of the flow. While this was kind of the stagnant episode, and sometimes we need that stagnation to just really talk and explain things so that other episodes can show us things. Because now with that Michael Ely edition and the fact that he's a police officer, and we know he's going to probably, because it's convenient. Join with the team or what's going on with, with Sachs, who is not gonna die, but you know, with Jenny, with Jen and and Blanca and the rest of them. So he'll be the their team. Plus, you know, um, that'll just be overall. And I like what he brings to the screen as well. And then, you know, he's angry, so now he has a motive, as opposed to like everyone else who's like, I just wanna get these drug dealers off the street. He now has a connective motive to this situation. So I like that. Um yeah, now it's just really to wait and see Monet's downfall for me. I'm just waiting to see when the Lorenzo thing pops out. Is she going to be like, I had to do what I had to do. Y'all don't understand. And then she storms away. Or is there going to be actual repercussions to her actions? So that should be interesting. And then Drew. Drew has been acting a bit erratic throughout the season. It started off soft, softly. But now it's like even more so. So... I want to see what happens with that character as well. So overall, I think that it this could be an opportunity for the next episode to be pretty good. Um, Trevor Nelson is kind of throwaway at this point, unless he had some huge involvement in it. And, you know, in the middle of, of the night, he went to the police and was like, look, they're selling drugs. Um, I don't really see anything going on else with his character. So he's not really a thought at this point. But um, overall, this should be interesting. Tate is getting closer to, to obviously the polls 
will probably increase now now that he got the Russian drug seized. So people are going to be like, yay, you got rid of drugs. I'm good for you. So he's one step closer to more of a political, of a, a serious political campaign and being right there in, in the, in the, you know, maybe top three, four candidates. So yeah, they did a really good job of kind of throwing away storylines that maybe wasn't necessary. Some things that I really wish that they concentrated more, but uh, we just have to wait and see. I think the big thing for me was that they gave me my dinner scene and then promptly ruined it. I, you know, so maybe I'm holding out for my second dinner scene. Maybe it's a dinner scene in the prison cell. Who knows? But I want something. Just give me my dinner. Oh yeah, they'll be getting that prison food in the uh, <laughs> in the in the uh, would you call it the cafeteria or whatever. They'll be they'll be all getting their dinner food together. So that's what's gonna happen. The prison cafeteria. Everyone's yeah. gonna be held up and arrested. Boom. Yeah. There you go. So you'll get you'll get your dinner scene soon. But um uh I don't have a lot of final thoughts, but just uh wanted to say something, you know, for all my UK people. I'm pretty sure all, everyone in the UK was kind of like laughing or you know, questioning that name, uh Trevor Nelson when they mentioned it because Trevor Nelson is actually a presenter over here. You know, he used to present uh, a show on MTV called The Lick where he played like R&B and hip hop and stuff. So that's pretty hilarious that they chose that name of all names for, <laughs> for your boy, Salim. But, um, but yeah, you know, uh, that's, I don't have much else to say. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where they take it for the next three episodes. Uh, and this season has been going so fast. Like, I can't believe that, you know, we're already at episode eight next. You know, that's kind of crazy how fast it went. But, um, but yeah, that's that's going to be it for now. We will be back next week. Uh, I believe after the next episode, there is a one week break. But um, yeah, we will be back next week for episode eight. So, you know, until then, uh, everybody look after yourself. Uh, I do have a quick shout out, actually. Um, I do want to show some love to our Spotify audience. And there was two people who uh, left a, a comment about the show, saying they love the show and everything and uh, giving some thoughts. So um, the first one, you know, these are usernames, not real names, but uh, the name is uh, On Island Times 5 somewhere, you know, so shouts to you. And the other person is uh, Zuko Mavand Mavandla. So, you know, big shouts to both of you for leaving comments on Spotify because, you know, not, not a lot of people leave comments on Spotify, but those two ch chose to take their time to comment. So, you know, big shouts to, to both of you and big shouts to the YouTube family who consistently drops their comments. You know, we love reading those comments and uh, we look very much forward to them. So thank you all for your continued support and uh, stay healthy and we'll see you all next week. Peace out, everyone.